Hey everybody, welcome to episode 15 of A Piece of My Mind with your host, Jeffrey Lawrence Weinstein. Today's topic of discussion is, so you think you're so funny getting into the show with guest Joey Laflamme, comedian, and I will bring him on very shortly. Good, good. Excellent. Great, great. Okay. So this is episode 15 of My Peace of Mind, and uh, it's entitled, So You Think You're So Funny? Getting into the show. And uh, this is, um, as I mentioned earlier, comedian Joey Laflamme. And um, you're in Montreal right now, eh? Uh, yeah, I am in Montreal and I am confined, so I'm not uh, I'm not away or anything of the sort. Yeah. Okay. So, how long have you been living in Montreal? Uh, I've been living in Montreal uh, for three years, actually. Oh, just three years. So yeah. this time you're, you're originally from Bay Como. Exactly. Okay. So this is the boy from Bay Como, and. Um, yeah, so um, what uh, possessed you to um, go into stand-up comedy? Oh, that's uh, rather, rather simple. Basically, I've watched for the first time uh, Dave Chappelle, uh, the special, Stick and Stone, and I got to see stand-up comedy perform at its highest, uh, at its highest quality. So I was like, dude, I want to do that. Because... Uh, as a francophone, mm-hmm. I've been I've re, uh, been brought up on French comedy, like uh, oh, guys like Mark, Mike Ward, uh, Sylvain Larocque, uh, francophone yeah. uh, comedian. So yeah. I, I thought they were great, but I was like, yeah, I'll never be that funny. And when I saw Sous Écoute, uh, Mike Ward, a French podcast, I understood that they were a method of the madness. And despite that, I was like, nah, there's no way I'm getting that funny. Uh, but when I saw higher than that, I was like, okay, there's a method. And if I work hard enough, I'm pretty sure I can be that funny. So that's what got me to try. Uh, and I went to see for a couple of weeks, uh, new, uh, Tuesday, New Beast Tuesday at the Comedy Nest, just to see what to expect. And maybe that, that sounds a bit cocky, but I was uh, at some point I was like, yeah, I guess I can be as funny or more funny than some of these guys. So I was, uh, that's where I got some balls to get on stage. And my first show, oddly enough, that was in Cornwall. Oh. Yeah. Really? Okay. Okay. Yeah. And where in Montreal? When you came to Montreal, so in Montreal, what? What? Where was your um, first um, open mic? Uh, before Mont- uh, I came to Montreal, I never did in any uh, open mics. I did it like uh, <laughs> I did it this year. Actually, that was uh, not necessarily mm-hmm. a new resolution, but when I started. 2020 i was like okay that's that's the year i'm trying it out and i'll see if i like it and i actually enjoy it a lot okay but did you but did you go on stage in montreal yeah uh, i did the nest twice uh, i mm. went to the world's smallest open mic once i did uh, the mickey bins a couple of times 
and yeah. Uh, yeah, I did that show at Cornwall. I talked to you about that was a bit uh, that was a bit weird, but when I got on stage, I wa- and I see the first laugh coming, I was like, oh, I love this shit. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of yeah kind of like if you're like it's it's a, it's hard to it's hard it's kind of hard to describe in a way it's oh, kind yeah. of like when, you, when you're on and really on and you, your your material is like working and you're and you're getting laughs from your material is like yeah wow it, yeah it's, it's like and then and then first, after even like you you feel the reaction from the crowd and yeah, the first time you're kind of nervous. Also, as you can hear, uh, English is not exactly yeah. my first language. So the yeah. first time I went on stage in Cornwall, I was yeah. like, like uh, oh. somebody that was naming lions for the first time in his life. And then I saw the lion being cooperative, and I was like, oh, okay, that's going to be fine. Man, yeah, that took guts. That took like a lot of, yeah, a lot of guts to. Uh... Go up there, you know, another uh, second language, and um, you know, uh, you had confidence enough that um, your English was good enough, and yeah. Yeah, well, I was there. Uh, my thought process at that moment was like, well, we'll see how good my English is actually is, and uh, I was like, anyway, they won't remember me in like two minutes, so why overthinking it? Yeah, yeah. Why over? Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. It's a flash. You know, like you're flashing the pan, and you're going on with. Uh, like how how many other comedians were there when you went? Um, I remember they were Bud Spencer. Uh, uh, they were Bud, a guy from there, a couple of local from there. The uh, I was one of the only one from Montreal. They were Laurent Lake, or might be more known as uh, Quebec. Uh, he actually was the one that uh, took me there, like uh, as a lift. Uh, they were Daniel Laren, they were Mark Vincent, and yeah, that. Uh, oh, they were Justin. He was the host, Justin Roberge, uh, and maybe I'm forgetting a couple of people, but that was about it. And uh, yeah, that was a pretty interesting, uh, pretty interesting experience. That was a bit of an old crowd, and I, I was starting with a really dumb dick joke. So I was like, oh, fuck, I'm pretty sure I'm going to bomb on my first joke. And surprisingly <laughs> enough, <laughs> surprisingly enough, that went, that went well. So I'm like, okay, they like dick jokes. I, okay, fine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I went to see one uh, at one show at the Earthloft, and the headliner from Los Angeles his whole his whole act was um, was dick pic jokes. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's like, it kind of disgusting, but at the same time, like I'm, they're laughing, which was like it was funny, disgusting. But they yeah. were like, well, I thought it, found it hilarious. But I don't know what you t- uh, you might think about it, but I do think that real talent in comedy is when you take a subject that you know that people are displeased with or they disgusted with. But you find a way to make it funny some way, you know. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's well. That's a lot. But that's that's a case of a lot with sexual humor. Anything mm-hmm. to do with sex, sexual organs, like women, you know, joking yeah. about their 
vaginas or, or their boobs or something about their bodies. I mean, in, joking about insecurities about their bodies. Yeah. Or, or sex performance, which is kind of fucked up because yeah. we have to perform yeah. all day at work. We have to perform in front of everybody else, like to look, in a, uh, look like we are the boss. And even in the fucking bedroom, we have to perform that as well with the most intimate moment with somebody you love or you just like a living Kleenex. And uh, but it's really intimate, and they, 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 there again, you have to perform. Like there is that pressure of performing. Like you have to last at a, at a certain time. You have to make her, you know, come or something like that. So I kind, I kind of find it's pretty fucked up all the expectation around it. So that that's pretty interesting that uh, people are poking fun and right, uh, rightfully so about the whole thing and all the fuss about it. Yeah, yeah. Especially women have to be pretty gutsy to. Yeah. Yeah, to go with uh, any guys that just met that night for what you know. Like, there's nothing that doesn't tell you he's not a serial killer or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. Ever ever listen to Amy Schumer? Uh, Not a lot, actually. Yeah, I listened to a few of her acts, and she she has got, like, guts. She just, she just doesn't care. She just goes and she'll, like, you know, and make these um, sex jokes or jokes about having sex and and about, you know, her, you know, even when she got up there, even when she was pregnant, yeah, with the kid, and she and she was and she had absolutely no qualms about saying anything. Like yeah, that, I heard about the, that she got a bad reputation of stealing jokes, though. Don't know how oh, true yeah. it is. I I never like went too deep into that. I know that she has that bad reputation. So, yeah. Mm. Oh, you know about that? I no. This is the first I hear of it. Now that oh, you really? just mentioned, it, I never, I never knew that. I really, okay. did. yeah, yeah. But uh, in terms of female comedian, the one that impressed me a lot and uh, not not that known, but that she would be deserved to be more known than that, it's Liz Millie. Like she's a comedian from New York. Uh, I don't know if you know her, but she's really good. Actually, she's really talented. Her her observation are we always kind of original, and she kind of surprise you with a lot of her punchline that I think are really good. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, what, get you, what got you started you in comedy? You remember John, River, John Rivers? John Rivers? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I saw her a couple of times, yeah. She had, like, she was very bold. She yeah. had guts and didn't care how, what anybody told her. Like, oh, yeah, anybody, that, because uh, I think she started like uh, back in Lenny's Lenny Bruce's days, right? Yeah. Yes, that uh, to be a woman and to start at those days, getting on stage, that got to take yeah. a lot of guts. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. especially with everything that was happening to Lenny Bruce back then. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, it was like a burlesque kind of style of uh, comedy. It's it pretty. It's pretty radical. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and she was she was kind of radical too, making making boob jokes, you know, like the boobs sagging down to the floor type of thing. Yeah, 
<laughs> and you know, like, and can we talk? Can we talk? And like, she, but she was fast and like, and like, like flipping him out, you know, very fast. Mm. Yeah. Hey, what yeah. got you started in yeah. comedy? Um, yeah, it was about um, a year ago, a little, just a little, just this year ago. I had my my first, actually, my first anniversary of uh, going up uh, on an open mic was um, just only um, like about uh, three weeks ago or almost three weeks ago. All right. And uh, so before that, it was around this time of year, just before that, I um, I was, uh, it was a way of me for to, as uh, I needed this uh, uh, to, in my life, to, as a release, to, I was going through some, I was going through some kind of, uh, emotional crisis um and um all around um turning 60 mm. and it was, it was difficult that was that was difficult that was a difficult thing oh yeah to, you were uh, looking back at your life and you were kind of wondering what what did i did and, until then will i live with regrets that kind of stuff it was kind of like um you know like the feeling like time is moving too fast yeah and, sure uh, I have to do something. I have to do more things with my life. I have to do more and more and more and more and more. And um, do you remember what was your first jo joke you ever told on stage? Um, it was uh, my first line, the first joke, which actually I used this at a at a at a music open mic. Okay. What the first line, the first joke ever told that got laughs was. Um, My my friends call me Jeff, or they don't call me at all. Oh, okay. Yeah. So <laughs> so that's like actually got laughs in a. Oh, okay, that's cool. It wasn't even even in, in the comedy setting. It was on a music for a music set, and um, so I used that, and then I used um, then I had like ideas for materials like um, uh, like on my birth certificate says. Uh, son of a merchant okay so he says well you know that's pretty harmless enough it's innocuous you know hmm. you know friends hey jeff how you doing you son of a merchant you know <laughs> oh instead <laughs> of son of a gun okay that's good such a such a son of a merchant yeah and that was like hilarious that killed it was hilarious hilarious you know and yeah. then uh you know um and then two friends talking on the phone um Did you hear from Jeff's? No, the son of a merchant never returns my calls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's uh, that's good. That's good. So, uh, and then the jokes about and then oh, I went on. I realized, um, you know, I could use family stories for material. My the jokes about uh, my uh, perverted <laughs> uncle Howard with the uh, this the sign on the door the. The Pusay, Pusay, do you like uh, Pusay, Jeff? <laughs> Uncle Howard from Detroit, you know? Yeah. So the joke was like uh, a little louder, louder, Uncle Howard. They didn't hear you in Quebec City. Mm. <laughs> so so that, um, that killed. And uh, I'll story about my, uh, my aunt's uh, shoe fetish. Shoe fetish, really? Or, uh, yeah. 
She, she's buying too many shoes. What's going on? Going, going by um, near a shoe store that mm-hmm. we were going to actually like pick up deli, you know, mm-hmm. and there's shoe store, there's Brown's shoe store at the time. Yeah. Not there anymore, but the time was like right next door and she had to go in to uh, look at shoes. So, so my uncle said, uh, what can I tell you? She, she likes shoes. That's her fantasy, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, I ended on, so my line was signed on, on the line that um, says, well, now I understood why he wasn't getting much sex. <laughs> what was her deal? She was buying so many shoes or she were just going at store and watching the shoes? Just to look, just to browse for shoes. Oh, really? Like she liked she liked to buy a lot of shoes, but she had to go and browse to see if she could find any shoes she liked. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so crazy, fa- just having like a crazy family, you know, you know, like and then about um, eight years earlier, like she came in and uh, she looked for a ring for her daughter at the jeweler and she thought $50 was too much to pay for the ring. Mm. And, uh, you know, she came back very disappointed and she said, uh, you know, he wanted $50. They're robbers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's, the kind of, <laughs> that's the kind of family I had. And, uh, <laughs> and, um, okay. And what's your writing process? Uh, what uh, is the best moment for you to write or What is your process of you writing? Um, It just comes to me. Things just come to me like in a rush. Now, especially since since this quarantine thing and the the, um, the COVID-19, almost every single morning invariably, I wake up early. I wake up early and I don't fall back to sleep early. Again, Mm -hmm. I wake up early and like then ideas come from my mind like a rush ideas for for material come from mine and jokes will come to me okay it says so after the first first thing i'll go and write it down i'll have to write it down first thing i'll go and write it down okay so you're just carrying a notebook everywhere and you're noting your funny ideas and that's the joke right not carrying notebook but i have i have a pad of paper that i keep near my computer okay on the table where i have my computer where i work and um so I'll just write down jokes. Okay. And sometimes, um, like today, I I, um, I thought of two or three jokes I wrote down. All right. Um, on on those uh, papers. So I have all these papers. Plus, I have like other on on these big on these little notepad uh, papers, and um, plus the big papers, the eight, the uh, seven, the eight and a half by eleven sheets of paper i also have uh i wrote down uh, uh, some material too <laughs> so okay. yeah okay so you're more like a coincidental uh, type of writer like the id come and you write it down right just comes things will come i'll think of something funny okay and then i'll i'll think about my head says i'll think sometimes i'll think well some idea comes from it. Well, how do I make this funny? So I should write this way. 
Okay. There's no, I should change the words and write it this way. And then it comes out, you know. Mm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've once tried that uh, Anthony Jesselnik challenge. He tries to do some, when some tragedy happens, he tries to write a joke about it the, the day that happens. So I did it yeah. with uh, the Nova Scotia shooting. Yeah. So basically the joke goes like, uh, because that's a guy that went on to people own dressed, uh, dressed up as an RCMP officer and start shooting people. So I was like, that's a pretty fucked up interpretation of trick or treat. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> oh, God. Oh, that's a kind of, kind of dark humor. Though. Oh, it is pretty yeah. dark. I, I'm aware of that. Yeah. And then, and then I saw yeah. some people telling me it was too soon, so I added after that. If you think it's too soon, you're right, because Halloween is supposed to be by the end of October. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes from Facebook, I'll get jokes, like, uh, in response to, like, people, what people post the comments. Mm. I'll, uh, and I'll write in a comment, which is, like, really a joke in response to what, what they posted. Like, uh, and as someone uh, I'm friends with on, on Facebook, she said, oh, I, I was opening up a can of tuna and it splashed all over me. So he said, well, that's what you get, Maggie, for opening up too early. <laughs> yeah, Facebook and Twitter are great uh, platforms mm -hmm. to try new ideas, see what people are reacting so, to. It comes, it's like that was the source of inspiration for another joke. Yeah. Just in, just to tease somebody in reaction to, to what they post, you know? Yeah, to see how they will react and then try to play with it so you can mm -hmm. kind of foresee what the public is going to, the crowd is going to react like or something like that. But I was surprised. Yeah, that's she a, didn't yeah. react to that comment. She didn't react, but I, was, I thought she would send me back another comment to my comment, but she didn't even react to that comment. It's like she just ignored it. <laughs> it's kind of strange. Yeah. And usually, I'll usually I'll make some kind of stupid snide remark, and and she she will come back with something. Yeah. You know, for me, I make another comment to my comment, but this time there was nothing. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. <laughs> So like today, I uh, I was just um, something just came to me like out of nowhere, like you know I think just from thoughts like in my my memory uh, sometimes sometimes works like it's like traffic lights mm. sometimes work or sometimes it flashes on and off. Mm. <laughs> uh, do you uh, did, uh, did it happen to you that some jokes you have to you you are like it's it's okay but I I might want to rework them you know like is there any joke that you have uh, in it or go over and switch some words some uh, wording but it uh, yeah yeah no, yeah that happens a lot eh sometimes yeah sometimes not okay. too often but sometimes okay. yeah not too often but sometimes I'll um. I'll modify it because sometimes I'll come out. Sometimes I'll come out with a joke that it's too like it comes out like uh, oh no 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 this is too vulgar and I'll tell my wife. Sometimes mm. I'll tell my wife this oh no you can't say that <laughs> no 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 don't say that come on that's so it was too much it was too much over left so. uh, I see 
Yeah, that's that kind of things. That's the worst thing somebody can tell me because I take it as a dare, you know. <laughs> oh yeah. So the second, the first time I went on on the make events, that was the day after Kobe Bryant died. So basically, I had written that joke because that's kind of part of my fun. R- write a joke about a tragedy the day that happens to challenge me to make it funny. That wasn't that yeah. such a good joke uh, by itself. But uh, like I told it to some uh, comedian I knew, and they were like, uh, "Don't tell that on stage, man. Don't do it." And like uh, they were, they were the host there, uh, Ben Cardini, that was just saying, "Don't make jokes about Kobe Bryant." He was talking Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant, and all the time before I went on, I was like, "That motherfucker is trying to tease me all night." So okay, let's let's do this. And that wasn't such a good joke, so that wasn't a, a great idea just for that. But like. I did. I I went on, and uh, by the end of my act, I said something. I said that joke that was like Kobe Bryant died as he lived, all over the place. Yeah. Mm. That, I, again, that's not such a good joke, but I I, I was like, yeah, I, had, I have a Kobe Bryant joke. I'm going to tell it, see how it goes, and yeah. Um. I'm part of this um, men's club, and it's this this older guys you know, 70s, 80s. And uh, I remember after our, our meeting right after it happened, and we would meet Tuesday mornings. And uh, like, if you were a fly in the wall in that room, it would be like hysterical, mm. you know. And uh, one guy was saying how, you know, he made a mistake or a mistake. And another guy got so emotional. They got so, he was attacking this poor little guy. He says, don't blame Kobe. Don't blame Kobe. So that's funny. Yeah. So the next time when I saw him at the meeting, the next meeting when I saw him, when I saw the guy, I said, I said to him as a joke, "Don't blame Kobe. Don't blame Kobe." Hey boy, <laughs> but I, uh, I'm one of those guys that doesn't think that any subject is taboo. Like you should <laughs> be making jokes of anything, but if the intent is being funny, that you should go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But on the same time, I'm not stupid. If somebody asks me to do a upset for his wedding i'll be like you sure about that send them some youtube video of me and then make a decision after you saw that yeah 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 Yeah. Yeah. there's some people who are just trolling who just have to be trolls and they'll troll other people's stuff oh uh, yeah and uh, they'll they'll just put these like very uh, demeaning comments, you know, just to be, you know, to, just to be an asshole, you know. You like, you know. But at the same <laughs> time, it's the comedy. Uh, it's a comedy uh, community. So the odds that people are going to pick up something you write and make a joke about it are pretty high. So that, like, I remember the first thing I ever posted on a comedian from Montreal was like, "Hey, do, how do I get an open mic spot?" which is a fucking stupid question, but I couldn't find the information anywhere or I wasn't searching hard enough. And mm-hmm. then I uh, like, I, I must have received a lot of answer. Like most of them were jokes. So I gave me 50 bucks and I put you uh, on a headline show or another guy was like, Hey, just write spot any on any post on this page. And you're going to have a lot of work. Like, 
stupid advice, but that was meant to be funny. I took like I took it like that. I was like, yeah, that's a, it's a comedian page. Of course, people are going to make jokes out of my stupid question. But uh, yeah, I had pretty insightful uh, answer, and I could start with that. Mm, mm. Like that's how I got my uh, first uh, set at the carnival. Basically, the host there DM me and said, "Hey, if you want a spot and you can come to carnival, I mean, uh, you have a spot." And basically, what happened right after I said, "Hey, there's Laurent Lake. This is coming from Montreal, so you can uh, take to go with him, like in his car and everything." So I was okay, cool. I DM Laurent Lake. We gave each other a meeting, a rendezvous, and then we went on there. But I mean. It was a stupid question. I had a lot of snark and uh, smart comments, comedians, of course. And then after that, I, I had some opportunities. So that, was, uh, that wasn't such a, a stupid move, actually. <laughs> it worked out. Yeah, it worked out pretty well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But the Nest, how, how did you like... Um... Working and uh, doing it uh, at the nest, the open mic. Oh, that's that was the shit. I loved it so much. Like my first time mm -hmm. at the nest, mm -hmm. I was really nervous. And the, the what kind of got my nerve even higher was the fact that one of the comedian I used to watch when I was uh, I was way younger was uh, Sylvain Larocque, and he was in a green room, right face on, uh, right like really really close to me and he was watching his text and i was like okay i'm going to watch my set list try as much as i can not being a fucking groupie so i was checking it's a kind of kind of uh acting like he's not there but i fucking know he's there and then i was checking all over my uh my set list that was ridiculous but uh yeah i really loved it like uh after he went on that was i, I love because he's he's fucking great and then uh i didn't went after him but then uh, when I got my first laugh at my first joke, I was like, oh, okay, things are going to be fine. And that went well. Uh, did you do the nest? Yeah. Yeah, I was. I did um, like one month after I started. It was on June the 4th. So okay. it was like about one month, one month before my birthday. And I, I said, um, one of the first things I said, I said, well, I'm going to be turning 16 a month. And the yeah. crowd like rolled or like, whoa. Right, a, applause broke up, broke oh. out, and I was like, "Wow!" I, I was kind of surprised. Wow, nice. wow. what a great crowd! The, was and, it the uh, newbie Tuesday? Yeah, on Tuesday. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I was holding. Uh, I had um, drinking a um, like um, a, a slim and red beer. So, oh, right before, okay. <laughs> Which I put down, so I put it on the stool. Yeah. Right. We started talking. I put it came on, put it down on the stool. I started talking. And I said, like, say the, they say the 60 is the new 50. And I, I says, right, tell that to my liver. And I, as, I, as, I, as I take a sip of my Sleeman Red beer, I drink the beer. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But under the spot, the beer must have been at some point flat and warm, right? Mm, I just started. Was it still drinking? Just, yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, I didn't. I didn't really have it for. I don't think I really had it for that long. Okay. So it was okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 
uh, ever been like drunk or tipsy uh, before going on stage? No. Nah. I don't understand no, no, how no. some people are doing that though. No, I have maybe one, one maybe two beers, but you know, usually more than one beer, and, and I don't. I have to because I could keep my, you know, keep it's more, more genuine, authentic. If you're not, if 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 you're speaking, if you're doing the act, and the booze is not, then it's like the booze is taking over. The booze is yeah. Talking. But there's mm-hmm. also you have to be super focused when you're on stage. Like uh, if something something's happen mm-hmm. or you you have to be quick to come up with something. Like uh, heckler, not only a heckler, but if you see something funny uh, yeah. going on, you can comment on it and you can get a big laugh. And the rest of the rest of the the rest of the set can be gravy actually. Yeah, yeah. Laffy. yeah. Like if I was uh, if I was just a bit tipsy or high. I'm pretty sure what will happen. Mm-hmm. I, have, I would see something funny. I will take that uh, mm-hmm. fraction of seconds to react. That is not the right moment, and that mm-hmm. will just fuck up the whole, the whole moment. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In my last open mic, I did at the smallest open mic at Hurley's upstairs. Yeah. Um, I think that that and that was like early February. I think and, I saw uh, you. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Well, after after uh, January, I was pretty uh, end of January. I was there pretty much every Monday, even I wasn't performing. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I noticed a guy that was sitting by himself down back in the back of the room in the corner. Yeah. But, okay, I'm gonna make a joke about this. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I said. So I told him like. You know, why are you sitting alone in the back of the room? Well, there's two ladies. Actually, there's three. There's there's three ladies that want to check you out, and maybe you'll get lucky and you'll hook up with them after and, you know, and get your throuple on. <laughs> and uh, and they, they laughing. And I said, you know, you remind me of a, a wallflower at a high school dance. <laughs> you know, I said, what kind of – and uh I said, um, I, well, well, I was making a joke about how um, it's, um, like I said, are, are there any undertakers in okay. the audience, you know? Happy subject. Because <laughs> that's a pretty dead job. It's a pretty dead profession. I said, well, what do you do for a living? She says, and he said, uh, washes dishes. Okay, that's a clean living, you <laughs> know? Not really. Mm-hmm. I have been doing this, and that's uh, the worst job to be uh, dirty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, and um, and Josh was, and then Josh was cracking up. Josh was laughing, laughing, laughing. So, that was, so I said, this guy, he's too happy to, to be uh, in the funeral business. <laughs> so, Maybe he's a necrophile. Yeah. Never thought so, of that. If you're not you're an undertaker and you're a necrophile, you 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 must feel like you're never working. <laughs> those fifteen those fifteen minutes uh, break got to be a gift from heaven. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. There was some there was some stand up I saw once. I said he made some some kind of joke where he would like that. He would like 
have sex with anyone, anything, and living or dead, anybody living or dead, you know, like, no, okay. something like that. Yeah. yeah. So with everything, like you would go like uh, to the grocery stores and nothing was safe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this the grocery stores now with the senior shopping. I stopped. I had to stop that because there's. I go in and there's these uh, two nervous old ladies harassing me, getting my case. So I says I came to the conclusion. I says this is. They should call it. They shouldn't call it senior shopping. They should call it senility shopping. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So, you know, like it's like that. you have to come, you come home and says, well, honey, I had a bad day at the grocery store today. Two old ladies were yelling at me. <laughs> I can't take this anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How long you've been married? Was with her. I'm with the same woman. I, Uh, nine almost nine years. Nine years. Oh, that's that's a long time in 2020. Nine years in July. Yeah. Okay. I don't know yeah. who is the braver between you two. Well, um, we've been together. I'll say we're illegally married. <laughs> we're just like living together and legal. And illegal. What's going on? She's 17, 16. Illegal married, but illegal not not legally married, but illegally married. And, okay. You well, know, she's older than I am, even. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, at that point, before I met her, I was uh, I dated so many women. I went out with so many women, and uh, um, most were close to my age or younger. Yeah. With just two were older, but not too many. Uh, yeah. I thought, well. You know, I won't care about the age. I was willing to even, you know, meet. I don't care. I don't care about the age. Can be they can be interpreted mm -hmm. in so many dirty way. I don't care about <laughs> the age. I, I just watch like uh, R. Kelly uh, documentary. So now uh, when I hear some things like I don't care about the age, 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 I get a little nervous. Oh, <laughs> well, uh, yeah, that's suspicious. Yeah, that's yeah, like, yeah. To the extreme of, uh, you know, I, I I took a walk and in front of a high school, I start walking really slowly. <laughs> <laughs> Then I remember that the school was closed, so I keep a normal pace after that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know. I was. I wouldn't even. Uh... I was 40, and there was, I lived across from that school, from yeah. an elementary school. When I was 40, my apartment building was across the street, and this uh, one of the girls from the schoolyard, the 10-year-old girl from the schoolyard, said, hey, you, mister, hey, it's you, come on. And I didn't want to talk to her. I said, hey, come on, I want to talk uh, to you. You better no, run away, dude. If you, if he's, no, uh, I'm not touching that. Says, no, oh, no, no, no. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not touching that with a 10-foot pole. No, thank uh, you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Like nowadays, there are so many pedophiles going out. Like uh, I'm, I'm 
and even people like uh, you will never suspect like you are just like yeah it's just a guy who like kids apparently was loving kids in a, in his own special way now every time i see a star for kids like a singer kids uh, kids song all that kind of stuff i get suspicious like I, i'm like yeah why would you uh, in all groupies you could have while 10 years old is the kind of groupies you're aiming at explain that oh. to me Oh, it's sick. Ah, it <laughs> is. It's kind of fucked up. But they're on the internet, eh? These these sexual predators. Oh, and, shit, um, eh? Have you been watching yeah. uh, the, how is it called? Uh, Hanson, Chris Hanson uh, show? No, I didn't see that it's one. It's fucking no. hilarious, dude. You should be watching that. It's on YouTube. Chris yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a predator hunt. Like, basically, uh, you have a woman that pulls, like, a 13-year-old. And she's ca- when she's calling him uh, the pedophile, Whoa. she would make the 13-years-old 30- uh, voice. And she... Yeah. And, oh, it's so cringy at so many levels. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, a, friend of mine, well, a friend of mine, I was talking about TikTok, you know, like, with the TikTok videos. And I was talking to a friend of mine, and he says, well, his son, who's your age, uses TikTok a lot. But he says, no, I don't like TikTok. I hate TikTok because it's become um, like a playground for uh, pedophile sexual predators. I, rem- I remember back in the days, there were chat roulette that got uh, that reputation. Like, uh, yeah. yeah, like uh, 99%, uh, uh, 99% you will fall on uh, people, uh, guys jerking off. Like that was chat roulette that was just like, guys jerking off all the time like even south park touch on that and yeah that was a i never saw people jerking off on chat roulette because i never went there but that was a reputation that was going on uh, about chat roulette yeah yeah oh, God. oh. oh uh, i hope your podcast is not pg-13 because i think i just fucked it up in the last uh, 41 minutes <laughs> no, no, don't, don't worry about it. I okay, mean, you know, <laughs> um, that's it. I'll just uh, go burn it out. Whoever listens, <laughs> and I can't. My well, my YouTube channel is not. I put it like not for kids under eighteen. Okay, so you know? so we're good. Um, and um, yeah, right. and. Um, two youtube channels and um eventually it may i I mean if you know i don't care what happens because if eventually it's like you you can't say whatever you want to say eventually and if you get like popular enough and people think you get enough views enough exposure and they think it's oh no no we can't have this guy anymore he's spreading all this shit and everything yeah Uh, what is odd to me is you. In one side, you have people getting in trouble for pedophile jokes, and from the other side, you have popular YouTuber like Kim Star and that kind of shit. They're kind of they're really targeting like uh, an audience of 12, 12 years old and that kind of shit. You know? Yeah, that's kind. I mean, that's kind of know, amazing. With um, you know pedophilia and child sexual predators, I mean, maybe there's a lot of kids that age that shouldn't be shouldn't be allowed to even uh, engage uh, I'm in not sure I'm not sure if I'll go that far but uh, yeah I kind of see what you're 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 talking about but 
yeah that's kind of yeah. that, i just i just say it's kind of weird but i uh, like if you're 12 years old and you want to to go on youtube go ahead yeah but i mean depending on what content it is yeah I sure mean, but i i remember back in the days uh youtube was asking for uh, my age every time i was trying to watch a video so i got fed up oh, of yeah. that and that's the only reason i have a youtube account oh yeah 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 because because this now they have the but they made it in stricter now with community standards yeah you know, exactly the rules and everything but on the same so, time, on a business size, that doesn't make sense too much sense to target 12 years old because they don't have any money to spend. So if you have a company, you want to spend money on the ads, you want to target people who have money. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I mean, I would, you know, but... But, but I mean, like people with very radical ideas, uh, you know, and things that people think, well, it's conspiracy theories. Oh, shit, say. eh? Like, and then just like, uh, you know, when they deplane them, they're just, uh, de I mean, um, de platform them, but my joke is like, like, they won't, they won't just deplatform me, they'll deplane me from this earth. You yeah. Know? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but speaking of the conspiracy theories, you have, uh, I don't know if you have noticed, but to me, it seems to be kind of the same crazy conspiracy theories you will hear, hear about the Jews before World War II. And after World War II, they switch it for the uh, Illuminatis. Oh, yeah, Illuminati. Yeah. yeah. When, yeah. when uh, anti Semitism is, has become a, a non PC for some reason. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's uh, this. Well, there was actually a, something wrote like at that, and the nine. I think in the nineteen twenties, they had this thing called Protocols of the Elders of Zion. Yeah, which wrote, um, wrote out the whole the whole thing, the whole plan with this uh, conspiracy theory of that. Oh yeah, and over. that was fake actually. Like uh, they prove it. It's a uh, it's some Russian guy that actually wrote that. Yeah. Yeah, like, uh, mm -hmm. also, they were the Dreyfus Affair uh, in France, so. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. But I've studied elites. I've studied, and uh, I found at one point um, that of the top elites around the world, ones with most money and power and positions of influence, 48% of these people 48% of them were are actually Jewish. So, you know. Yeah, it's like, uh, but do you know how many Jews there are in the world? Yeah. I Not mean, they're over, yeah, they're overrepresented, well overrepresented in, yeah. in. But on the same time, area. on the same time, uh, mm -hmm. that's because they study a lot, they work hard, they, uh, you know, they don't fuck around. Yeah. yeah, I don't believe but, there's I mean, a conspiracy. Like, it's, it's just they're working hard. No, no, they're get, they're get, getting in school. No. They don't fuck around. So, yeah, but, yeah, they twist it again as it to use against them as an anti-Semitic slur, yeah. anti-Semitism, propaganda. Um, you know, same thing. Yep. They might be spreading propaganda against, uh, you know, certain people uh, yeah. in the government. You know. 
Um, yeah, like in the Middle Age, they, uh, they had no right to own land, so they had to do other kind of jobs that the average people uh, would not do because they were too busy working the land. So that's how that all started. Like uh, yeah, well, being merchants, lawyers, bankers, and that kind of stuff. Yeah, bankers, a lot that were in uh, finance and financial. There yep. were a lot who were... Who were oh, yeah, because, uh, yeah, yeah, because uh, Catholic, you didn't add the right back then to uh, lend money, to loan money for interest. Yeah, 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 because yeah. yeah, they had to uh, stay on the farms and and not uh, deal with, not stay out of the commercial, yep. which um, really hurt uh, the the. The people for so many years, you know, till nineteen sixty. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, that's it. I mean, the, the religion um, was uh, you know, so so harmful to the people, but now they're using it again to like they're using it for for political means, like in the states, you know, sure. like. Uh, for the, the anti-abortionists, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But is they kind of making a quite a spectacular comeback with uh, Alabama, I think. They had a pretty egregious law about it. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty crazy law, like... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. What, is, what is the detail of the law? I think it's uh, like... Uh, fucking crazy shit, actually. Like they brought back uh, criminalizing uh, abortion or something? Hello. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. I don't know. It was something. I don't know. It was something really, really, uh, really strange. Yeah. Like, crazy uh, time. You can, have it, you can have it. I think it was like you can have it on, in certain circumstances or certain conditions. Yeah. Um, they they will they will allow it in certain exceptions. They will, they yeah. will allow it. But it's so yeah. narrow, though. It's uh, yeah, when I yeah. heard about it, I was like, "That's so fucking narrow." Yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of, um, kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, you know any good uh, conspiracy theories? Um, <laughs> there was something uh, <laughs> on, on Facebook. Well, actually, what on um, some guys. Uh, comment and some post or thread on facebook i was reading about the chips you know there was saying like we're yeah. talking about the social distancing Under so saying, yeah they're yeah. saying like the, the reason why the, the for the the six feet is that they're trying this out so it says well like five feet isn't far enough four or five feet isn't far enough so they figure okay. like six feet is but it can't be more it it has to be more than five feet. So for six feet is enough distance so that if two people are six it. feet apart, chips. So the government will be able to read their chips. Oh yeah. So basically, they believe that you put a chips under your skin, like a physical chip, while you have to change your phone, like every two years and so. Yeah, yeah. They so, give you chip with the vaccine. With, with the vaccine, they also like give you chips. Ah, oh, they, they, like, they, uh, they update it. Okay, I get it. Give you chips, but they want. But they said, well, his his the theory was 
Well, less than six feet, like five feet, it wouldn't work. Two people together, the chips, they wouldn't be able to read the chips. They have to be at least six feet apart to read their chips. I totally agree with that. I mean, uh, fuck vaccine, man. Uh, let's uh, let's uh, try to our luck with that freedom measles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's like you read different stories, and you know, in Canada, they're coming up with the vaccine, they're going to be testing the vaccine, some company, and then Israel's yeah. got it. They're, you know, three weeks will be ready, and they'll be and they'll be able to they'll be able to do the the the, the trials, and, mm. and by three months, everybody will be able to have it. But then they're saying, no, it won't be for at least a year, a year and a yeah, half. Yeah, they have to or, test it to make sure that they don't inject yeah. anything. Yeah. Yeah, mm. to try it on. Just to make sure that the chips are uh, up to date. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they yeah, have to test that chip. When I told this, I told this to another in a podcast to another. I did a podcast with another comedian, open mic comedian. I don't know if you know her. Her name is Noelia. Oh yeah, I know so, her actually. I did a writing session yeah. with her and some friends. Oh yeah. Shout out to Noelia. Yeah. Oh, sure. Great. It's <laughs> so funny. Like, uh, so when when we were talking about, she wanted to talk about uh, conspiracy, conspiracy theories with this coronavirus. So when I told her about the thing, the distance in the chips, she was she lost it. She was like laughing and laughing. And then, <laughs> she lost it. God damn it. People, people uh, <laughs> believe all sort of crazy shit. Like, I think my favorite one was that 5G towers are giving coronavirus. And there went some people in Montreal, I think, that went on to burn some building thinking it's going to, it, it were like uh, 5G towers. And yeah. uh, when the cops investigated, they uh, realized that that was uh, basically like uh, light or stuff like that. They burned the tower. Yeah, they burned the something. They thought it was a 5G tower. And yeah, that was, <laughs> that was even, we don't have, we don't even have fucking 5G towers. What the fuck? <laughs> we don't we don't have any of those in montreal so i mean what the what the, the actual fuck is it i mean some people are such yeah. idiots like such morons yeah. <laughs> but it's strange now there's more fires now yeah than there were in like five years before this happened yeah <laughs> and those uh, but i believe in that like those 5g towers are mm-hmm. keep by uh Government-trained uh, killer wasp. Oh, oh. <laughs> they, they try to chip on the wasps to control them, and then after that, if somebody is going too close to the five G towers, they send the killer wasp. Yeah. yeah. Well, I heard that the five the G radiation is carrying carrying the coronavirus. Yeah. Five yeah, yeah. G. Fucking hell. Contagious it carries the, the radiation carries the coronavirus, and they want more five G to spread the coronavirus around. <laughs> I've heard the worst one. I think I've heard is like at two drinks minimum. They were Poseidon that was saying that uh, like a coronavirus is applied to uh, take down a pedophile ring. Oh, yeah. <laughs> pretty sure pretty sure it's a big it's a big it's a bit of an overkill like it's a bit of an overkill to uh, to spread a world yeah. pandemic just to catch a couple of pedophiles yeah well i was 
Yeah, well, I was watching a YouTube yeah. um, documentary and they're saying they're talking about Epstein and all the human trafficking and everything. Yeah. And they're saying, um, no, it looks a little suspicious he would do committed suicide. That's, you know, and they're saying, well, you know, it seems more likely probable that it was done inside job. Yeah. A lot, even hard. even skeptic, uh, notoriously skeptic people think he got killed. Yeah, yeah. But there was question. It was questionable if he really, you know, how they really commit suicide. Does it really? Well, how how did he, how would really commit suicide? The way it looked, you know. Yeah. So look more. The evidence looked kind of sketchy. Yeah. But we're saying well, and the two. Um, main conspirators uh, in this human trafficking that, that that man and the women that they're still looking for they're nowhere they're underground like they're nowhere to be found and no one's looking for them it says well this is now a destruction now that this came out this virus came out the pandemic came out and spreading over well that distracts everybody away from you know going after these human traffickers yeah know? I honestly, you got to have the most unfortunate name uh, right now. Like your first name is Jeffrey, like Jeffrey Weinstein, uh, Epstein, yeah. sorry. And your last name is like Weinstein, like yeah. uh, or RV Weinstein. I mean, dude, you're, you're so fucking unlucky right now. So, yeah, well, that's why I say I have a one YouTube said no relation to Harvey. Yeah, I saw you that. Know, no relation to Harvey, the pervert. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I made um in one my last open mic I did at uh, local legends. I I, uh, I made a joke about it. You know, okay. I started out and I made a joke about it. Um, you know, and it was so, I uh, like man, I was getting so angry. I was so pissed off because I said, how are people going to find it if they put in once they put in weinstein they put in jeffrey could go jeffrey epstein yeah they put in weinstein goes harvey weinstein so everything harvey weinstein yeah you're fucked so when that i said oh no i can't use that in google i had to change it yeah i had to change my 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 thing in google and 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 away from youtube if i were you i was i would think about changing my name for john smith (laughs) <laughs> like there's so many john smith so and I, I never heard about any piece of shit john smith so i mean i i'm big i'm thinking that's the best bet to have a name out of no i did change my name on google for for um youtube from a youtube account that's why okay. i changed it to yellow glasses comedy productions oh okay and that's on my website and i started a website and on my website uh, that's why i i changed it to the website name is a spectrum comedy productions okay so website. basically you're uh doing auditions and if our young ladies uh, check it out and see jeffrey weinstein ceo of uh <laughs> comedy production seems passive <laughs> <laughs> no, that's why i don't put my name no i don't put my name like that no 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 okay no, i don't put my name as ceo ever okay of anything. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so no no. Nothing, no title. <laughs> no title like that. No title. Like, you know. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um you know what Walter Ling, eh? He uh when I, I did an open mic at um 
the Will Club. Yeah. And uh, and he he screwed up my name. He 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 called me on stage as Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, call you <laughs> really? Yeah. That neck. He didn't do it. You make he didn't me do it on purpose, dude. You. I thought I thought he did it. I thought I could have sworn he did it on purpose as a joke. I'm sure. I'm that. sure it. Uh, no, I'm sure he was thinking about something else. And then he, he, he kind of wrote, read your, your name and he's like, yeah, Jeffrey Epstein, go, come on stage. Jeffrey Epstein, I actually thought it was Epstein for some reason. Yeah. Then when I said, did you do that as a joke? He says, oh, no, I'm sorry, man. I, oh, no, I made a mistake. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and then he said, it's kind of like, you know, he says, Weinstein or Epstein is kind of like, Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of doesn't, doesn't really not really good. Doesn't really. Can you imagine you know? if you, you fucked your name for Harvey Weinstein instead? <laughs> like both is possible. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, that Harvey. It, all everything about Harvey Weinstein came up, and it was right after, and especially after that uh, that woman in the the New York club. Yeah, did an act in the comedy club, and he was there. And she she started she was doing an act as well. There's an elephant in the room, and she started talking attacking Harvey Weinstein. Was in the audience. There was a whole riot about that. <laughs> wow! So in the Google search, it, 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 that comes up. It's just it's a story all about that. Yeah. Lots <laughs> of pretty pretty bad. Pretty what bad would, would have been funny is you go on stage and you're like. Guess what, motherfucker? I'm not dead. I'm <laughs> That's why I said, like, you know, I'm selling tickets uh, to uh, that uh, that uh, vacation island. <laughs> yeah, so that's why I said, like, I'm not a, I'm not a sexual predator, and already people know where I'm going with this, you know. Yeah, I'm Jewish. You know, and, uh, but, uh, it's like worst possible <laughs> time I mean, ever to yeah. have your name. I have to say, he did give me some material, though. <laughs> I have to be grateful and thank him. He said, but he did give me some good material to say, well, you know, uh, well, I'm not a sexual predator. It's like, it's actually, it's uncharacteristic yeah. for a, a Jew to be a predator since historically we've always been the prey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, uh... yeah. Thinking about all that thing, I was uh, I was kind of uh, wondering if uh, sexual predators are uh, kind of uh, collection like uh, pred uh, sexual predators card. Like, do we idealize their other uh, sexual predators or something? Like, do, do they have their favorite uh, sexual predators uh, or anything like that? Oh, that's that's a very ridiculous kind of line of joke, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you would find oh no no sexual you know sexual predator joke it's kind of it's almost as bad as like you know rape jokes in a way oh, I have one actually I did, I did come up with them I did come up with them that I shared with another with a female comedian from uh, from uh, Thunder Bay mm -hmm. and she said oh well you know I kind of I'm not um, I really I don't Like rape jokes are really not my thing. <laughs> then I changed, but then that's when I, the times I changed, mm. I changed the wording around because the joke was um, like, uh, do you hear about the the Fox News 
a reporter who was uh, accosted and dragged into a hotel room. She was quickly debriefed. So, <laughs> so she said, well, no, that's just, you know, it was a rape joke. So then, uh, but I changed the words to saying, well, you know, she met her boyfriend in the room, yeah. the hotel room, and then within she was like, she was quickly debriefed. Okay. You know? So it's not, no, it doesn't sound like it's not a rapist joke. <laughs> yeah. I have a joke kind of, uh, not exactly like that, but it's still that kind of joke. Uh, surprising, surprisingly. Uh, basically, I say I, I went into an argument with uh, one of my feminist friends. She would ask, uh, she would yell on me about consent with my last date or anything like that. And I, I just continue say, and I went mad because I'm a gentleman. I didn't want it to wake her up. So yeah, I've I've been writing a lot of fucked up shit during the confinement. That I'm clearly seeing some effects of it right now. Yeah, yeah. Actually, and this uh, confinement, this COVID whole COVID nineteen thing, that that gave me even material. Oh, really? To use to new jokes to to use, yeah, mm. yeah. Like like I'm washing my hands so often that I'm discovering um, new liver spots that I thought that I never knew I had before. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, uh, now I'll try to stop making those uh, COVID nineteen material. I've written quite some liners about it. Uh, but uh, now I'm trying to stop because I know that uh, I don't know like in two months, three months after the whole confinement is done if I can still use it. So for me, it's if the joke is not that good, it's it's going to be a waste of time. Like uh, I've wrote something about Tiger King, and I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that even uh, when the confinement is going to be done, I wouldn't be able to do it anymore because it felt to me that a lot of people just doesn't care about the Tiger King that much anymore. So. Uh, yeah, maybe well, that's I'll have the thing. You could have a, yeah, yeah. You could have a great idea for a joke or a great joke. Yeah, that some jokes are like time jokes. It mm. it works only in certain circumstances, only in time. But after when that circumstances changes, then it's not a joke anymore. Yeah. It won't work. I wrote a joke once a few months ago before the confinement. Um, about Michael Blo about billionaires and Michael Bloomberg. Oh yeah. So after Bloomberg dropped out i said well no this this joke's not gonna it's not gonna be funny yeah like can it. you imagine a joke no. that goes like hey adolf hitler is the unsung heroes of world war ii you have to consider he's the guy who killed hitler <laughs> so it's, it's way too topical like way too niche to a time i'm not sure it's going to work in 2020 Yeah, that's it. That's it. Circumstantial, but there's certain jokes that have only just a limited shelf life. You know, yeah. you can't you can't use it anymore. There's some jokes you could. It doesn't matter. There's no time, like no time limit on it. You know. Uh, do you have any yeah. jokes that you you tell them, and while you're telling them on stage, you're like, "What the fuck was I drinking while I was writing this shit?" And then you you don't even have the, the reaction of the public. You hear yourself telling them, and you're like, "Nah, it fucking sucks. Don't don't tell it anymore." Well, actually, my first act, so part of my, my material 
what was my first or second act? I think maybe my first act, and this was and it cracked up. You know, like uh, Samson Cooperman. Yeah. Samson, shout out to Samson Gibbs. <laughs> he was. Yeah, he needs a lot of shout out right now. Him and uh, Mike, him and Mike Mio, they thought this was like hysterical, hysterical, hysterically funny. And with and and um, and Harrison uh, was around also. Um, the, the, the joke I came with this came out with uh, jokes about um, well I heard, I heard they put a Tim Hortons on the moon you know well that's fucked up and then, and then that, that you know mm. it's like the Canadian version of the Gingrich man yeah so I mean but what he laughed what he was laughing at was my saying well well that's fucked up you know <laughs> but that was okay that was funny for a while yeah. for the first three four that was funny but then after it was the type of thing that after a certain while if I did it too much or often enough yeah. like it wouldn't be funny anymore. but it was the first time especially felt like this yeah, is hysterically because, funny yeah because you, you know? took people by surprise but you know and even you yeah. surprise yourself uh, telling that joke so <laughs> it's just I was just me going like yeah like really wild off like you know Almost like one of those times, like being funny without even really trying too hard to be funny, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did I, did that ever happen? Because there, there's a thing, like for a lot of comedians or uh, open micers, that's always like that. Yeah, like uh, you're funny at the office or something. But that's, did that ever happens to you in those circumstances, like office circumstances or anything like that? You tell a joke and you're like, what the fuck am I talking about? And people are laughing hysterically and you're like, okay, that, that was funny. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. I never told. I never told jokes in the, in the office. I, I mean, I got a lot of jokes. Yeah, there was a lot of material when I used to work in these offices. Um, and there was a lot of material just been thrown around. A lot of people who were just like funny, 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 but they they wouldn't who would never even go on stage or think of going on stage. Mm. You know. And some just writing some material. I knew this guy that every day he came in with a new joke. He would make up these jokes, and every day he came come in with a new joke. Yeah. Or he just yeah. pick yeah. up a situation and uh, knew exactly how to punch on it. Yeah, yeah. But they were him with another guy. They would play jokes on each other. Oh yeah. And they put put it on these little yellow stickies, you know, mm -hmm. and stick it on his back. Yeah. Pull behind the sticker on his back, and then he take it off and read the joke. And go and laugh and says, "Oh, good material, good material, good material." So you're saying you're saying that they're pranking each other, but you're sure you're where they weren't your bullies uh, when you were working or something? No, no, no. He kept on. Well, well, not really. Um, like, um, like not really. I wouldn't say really pranking. Just like like playing around. Oh, okay. Fun, yeah. Like, yeah. So, like, like fooling around, he would always um, you know, stick these uh, stickies with jokes on, on the guy's back when he was sitting down. Yeah, I remember <laughs> back at school, people were sticking a, a, in each other's uh, back like uh, sh uh, stupid stuff uh, at first April Fool. Yeah, that was a thing, and every teachers in the school were hating that fucking day because uh, every time you knew that a teacher was really unpopular when every every uh, five minutes in that uh, April Fool's Day, 
he was he, he was kind of reaching to his back and getting stuff off. Mm. Yeah. Mm. <sighs> yeah, yeah. I had um. Yeah, and so I had. And some some kids, like when I was going to school, and some kids had to always be the center of attention, yeah. you know, no matter, no matter how hard, like, to um, go, go to these, like, insane extremes and, and even, even, like, really outraged. And there was one guy in my class, and he was held back a, a year, and he would, like, outrage the... Uh, do the outrageous things and outrage the teacher, you know? Uh, like what? <laughs> uh, no, I think it's interesting. I want to hear more about that. Oh, well, this one, there was one guy, he, he, he would say he did this thing where he, he, he made his eyeballs in like inside out, like, like the back of it was so gross. It was disgusting. Like make his eyeballs turn like inside out. It was like, ah! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> disgusting and like and stealing girls tunics and that that's when the teacher really got uh so like uh, outraged and, and so uh, and yelling and screaming at him you know yeah uh, and they called him he, he was they said he was he was a sex pot the sex pot like picking on they called him a sex pot i mean he was in grade five and he was picking on these girls and he was like really he was like a terror to these girls you still speak to him? No, okay. I haven't spoken to him. Because the follow-up question would have been, when the Me Too movement started, start was he nervous or something? <laughs> Please, God, man. Well, that's kind of scary. Ten, like, you know, like you're 11 or 12 years old and already, you, you know, you're like a sex pervert, you know? <laughs> A terror to 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 girls, you know. And, uh, that's kind of that's kind of amazing. Mm. Mm. It was kind of a, and I I wrote material about about I I wrote one joke about that I used about him that I used in um, the small one act that I did for Smallest Open Mic. Um, one time I told the story about him. And, uh, you know, we, one time he was chasing after me, jumped on the hood of my mother's car as, as I was pulling away. And I said, um, Eric, you know, get off, get off the fucking car. You don't exactly make an attractive hood ornament. <laughs> So um, that um, that was uh, cracked up. Like Ben Parkins was, uh, you, you, like you know Ben Parkins. It's actually a true story, but I turned it into a joke. And okay. Ben Parkins um, was like, like okay. cracking up. He was like surprised, <laughs> kind of like his. I see, it sounds like his jaw dropped, and you know. Let's not get yeah. distracted here. Now the real story is more interesting than the joke. So what happened for that guy to jump on your road? Oh, <laughs> he's a crazy guy. I didn't, well, the thing was, I didn't want to, he was a crazy guy. I didn't want to have any more to do with him. I didn't want to talk to him. And I was sitting 
in the basement of a friend's house yeah. in Koh Sin And he just comes over, comes over unexpectedly, and he walks in like unannounced. And, uh, you know, he said, uh, you know, we sit here. <laughs> so I, I made a mad dash to the. Uh, uh, wait a minute. So there's to, a crazy the, guy that went door. in your friend's house, like just like that? Just dropped by unexpectedly. Okay, so is he, uh, did you know him or was he just a random guy? No, I know him. Did you know, know him? him? Okay. I don't, I don't, we, were, we were friends, but I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to, uh, I didn't want to speak to him because this guy, he was totally crazy. Oh, okay. So, so he has a background. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I made a beeline to um, the end of... Uh, Uh, I mean, to go the, through the back door and I put, I quickly, I put on my boots yeah. and went around the back of his house to, to the, uh, to, to the street, across the street to get in my car, to get away from him. Yeah. He comes after me. So as I'm in the car and about to pull away from the curb, mm -hmm. he's jumped, just, he said, stop, Joe, I want to talk to you. <laughs> he just jumps on the hood of the car. Ah, you know? Pretty sure that was important. So, <laughs> so, yeah. So that's why I say I jumped on the hood of the car. So I made a joke. This is like, you know, get off the car. You don't exactly make yeah. an attractive hood on it. Okay. You know? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and it was almost like, almost practically like pulled away from the curb with him hanging onto the hood of the car. The guy, I mean, this, uh, it was nuts. Yes, yeah. Okay. So, what do you want to talk to you about so much? So much, because um, I don't know. I was um, he wanted to. I don't know because I wasn't speaking to him, and he wanted to speak to me, and he wanted to say, "Hey, like to say, hey, 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 let's still be friends." And like because he pissed me off because he. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. 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 He. Uh, he um, like horned in in relationship with a girl that he and his girlfriend fixed me up with. Mm -hmm. And there was a problem because he, he made a move he, on her and then made up a story that she was, she made a move on him and, oh, yeah. and everything. Normal, so I was, normal teenage I think, stuff. Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. Yeah. I was yeah 18 at the time. And, And if, after that, it was like, it's just that he was, well, this was later, but I, did, I didn't want to. You didn't want to you know, talk to him I, and he was insisting to say, tell you something. Because he wanted to uh, be, still be friends and uh, talk to me and say, you know, I, I, I wasn't interested in anything he had to say anyhow. Yeah. So I wanted, just wanted okay. to talk to him. So, yeah. That uh, seems uh, like a rational uh, reaction, uh, cons uh, considering the circumstances. Yeah. God damn it. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yep. So now that's the more the king of the hill moment where we're just uh, repeating uh, yeah for like the next 50 minutes. <laughs> 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 yep and then at uh, some point somebody is going to talk about uh, conspiracy theories <laughs> no more conspiracy theories. yeah no that already happened 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so all right, so we'll wrap it up here. Uh, okay, thanks, Joey, for uh, coming on and uh, you know, with this podcast helps helps me add more content to the uh, the podcast. Yeah, and um, yeah. Yeah, so uh, yeah, so I'll be speaking to you later, and um, sure, man. You know, yeah, sure. Okay, take care. Well, that was comedian Joy Laflamme, Montreal comedian, very talented, very bright, and um, thank you very much, everybody, for listening to this episode fifteen. So you think you're so funny getting into the show, please. Watch out for future podcasts where we have some very uh, interesting and talented talent coming on for you. And I wish you all the best.